Hey guys, this is John Barksell, and I just want to tell you, if you haven't listened to the Three Ball Podcast, you're missing out on a host that's headed for brighter lights and bigger things. Galt Goldman has a plethora of accurate statistics, and his sports acumen, acumen is second to none. Look out, Stephen A., Skip, Pollock, Cowherd, Patrick. He's next. Catch him now so you can say you were there in the beginning. Hello, and welcome back to the Three Ball Podcast today. Um, we haven't, I haven't done an episode in a while just because it was Christmas, Christmas time. I decided to give you guys a Christmas present and not listen to my voice for about a week, but we are back. Um, so today I'm going to run down the topics real quick on the podcast. Um, we got Manziel's making a comeback in like a fan league, so that should be fun. Uh, I will talk about that for a little bit. Uh, my top five quarterbacks in this draft class coming up. Um, Dwayne Haskins, we'll be talking about that, man. And then, the fan vote. Um, so basically, on my Instagram, uh, gold underscore gold, something like that. I don't really know off the top of my head. But anyways, we did a little fan vote, um, and you guys got to pick what I talked about. Uh, the options were, what were they? Ah, uh, it was the, the thing I'm breaking down today. Freaking Hulk Hogan. And Sting in Bound for Glory 2011. Uh, we're breaking down that. The other choice was the one that I wanted to do. I should, I don't know why I put the poll up. I should have just done what I wanted to. Um, the Mace, the Mace Welcome Back album. That album's lit. Um, May, don't worry, people. Mace will be back on the polls soon. Uh, his uh, Don't Need Security album that he released uh, a couple years ago. That's gonna be on there soon. I might break that. I might break that down. Um, next week's fan poll is gonna. I, I have some ideas. Um, I kind of want to incorporate my favorite people in it. So we might do something like uh, the Gospel Ike Turn Up by Nick Cannon and AB's Hemothy album or something like that. Probably not. It'll be. It'll probably be something that you guys want to listen to or that. It's gonna be something you guys listen to. I might do um. Actually, I might do something uh, like who you guys want to see on the podcast. Uh, we can either do my Uncle James or somebody else. But uh, the fans vote will be back up pretty soon. Or next week. Yeah. So, let's get into it. Johnny Football is coming back in a fan league. So basically this league is like, it's owned by celebrities. Quavo, Austin Eckler, Richard Chairman, all these football guys. I think Marshawn Lynch maybe. And so fans call the plays, blah, blah, blah. It's like seven-on-seven seven flag football. And, yeah, Johnny said Johnny said he was done with football, but this really doesn't count as football, I wouldn't think, just because it's some flag football, and this is like backyard football stuff. So Johnny will is going to come back. Johnny should dominate this football league. There's I don't know many of the people on the rosters, but it's Johnny football. And I will watch because it's Johnny football. Um, Johnny football is... <laughs> the greatest college quarterback of all time, in my opinion. Just me. Um, he did a lot of incredible stuff at Texas A&M. Won the Heisman, first-round pick. And was out of the league in three years, like another certain person we'll be talking about. But in this case, he's out in two years. Not even two years. By the way, not even two years. He's been in the league, and he's already out. Which is very sad. Um, also, this wasn't really the topic, but Josh Gordon didn't get reinstated. It sucks for him. Um, I'm a big Josh Gordon fan. 
I'm all about second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances, sixth chances. Six chances, as long as you're a celebrity. If you're not my friend, then I... <laughs> if you're my friend, then there ain't no such thing as a fifth chance. Um, so yeah, that's just how that works. But if you're a celebrity who is on... Who smokes weed all the time, then you'll probably get fifth chances from me. Because Josh Gordon's an OG. Josh Gordon's the GOAT. Not really. But uh, I think he should get... I don't know why he didn't get reinstated, honestly. I, don't, I haven't been keeping up with all this. Uh, NBA basketball season just started back. The Clippers got blown out by 50, and I know this is not the topics that I went down, like, not not less than four minutes ago. But I just think it's crazy. Um, this this podcast, these podcast episodes might be getting longer just because there's more to cover. I don't really know. And the... And, and obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on with WWE right now. Also, I want to say R.I.P. to uh, John Hoover. Uh, I don't know his real name because I don't. I watch wrestling and I don't get involved in the real names of people. Like un- unless you're Chris Jericho, I know your real name's Chris Jericho. But um, John Hoover or Huber, I do believe that was his real name. But I know him as Brody Lee and Luke Harper. He passed away at age forty-one. R.I.P. to him. Um, I remember a couple of his matches that I watched. Um, I mean, there were good matches, but nothing to get me out of my seat. Amazing. I think the best, the only match I really remember with him is the 5-on-5 Survivor Series match where it was um, the Authority versus Team Cena and Team Cena won. But I think that's only the really, that's one of the only few matches that is really in my brain of matches. Um, So yeah, sorry to go off topic, but just wanted to say that. And also... uh, Jimmy Rave, something happened to him. He had to get his arm amputated. Uh, I actually like, really like Jimmy Rave. I would talk about him for a little bit if I could, but nah, 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 let's not do that because I nobody know who Jimmy Rave on, is that's listening to this. So let's get back to it. Um, now, my top five quarterbacks in this draft class. That's what we're going to next. Um, one, Trevor Lawrence. I think uh, I really didn't like Trevor Lawrence when he came in. Um, he replaced Kelly Bryant. Obviously, the right choice on <laughs> there. Uh, I had a couple of doubts about Trevor, but he solved them, and he's done a good job. He's won the national championship as a freshman, and he's proved me wrong. Um, so, yeah, good for him. Zach Wilson, second, the kid from BYU, damn it. Um, I like him a little bit more than Justin Fields, just because I've seen a little bit more of him, and Fields hasn't really looked amazing against these Big Ten teams that seem to not play very well. Um, so yeah, I think I have a little more, a little bit more faith. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I have a little bit more faith in Zach Wilson than I do Justin Fields. Um, now number three is Justin Fields. Um, obviously he's a dual threat quarterback. If he wants to leave early this year, he can. Uh, if he doesn't, then I don't, I mean, I wouldn't because the Jets have like the same thing now and ja- Jacksonville looked awful good for Justin and then the Jets came along and said the Wins decide they want to win football games. So there you go. Um, yeah, uh, Fields, he's throwing a lot of, he's throwing some interceptions against teams he should throw interceptions against, um. He doesn't look amazing against the best competition they've played, which is Indiana and Northwestern. And I really don't know if they can compare to some teams like, uh, 
North Carolina and Miami, but, you know, whatever. You do you, Justin. You do you. Um, number four, that man, Mac Jones. Mac Jones has played, which really doesn't mean much anymore, but he played in the SEC schedule, which I know SEC fans will go crazy about, because it's the SEC, SEC. It just means more, right? Yeah. But, um, he plays... Played some alright teams, nothing amazing in my opinion. I mean, Texas A&M, woo! Yeah, sure. Um, he really hasn't played anybody that's halfway decent, in my opinion. Georgia, I mean, I guess gave him a little test, but that might be about it. And, uh... Huh. Man, I'm tired. Anyways, Georgia... George's defense really didn't play well at all in that game, and I don't know what to say. Go dogs, I guess. Um, and they're all tied. But anyways, number five is Trey Lance. Now, I don't like Trey Lance, but you can't deny this kid has talent. So there you go. Number five is Trey Lance. Um, he doesn't really... And somebody will tell me, like, oh, Trey Lance hasn't lost a game of college football. How could you not like that kid? Um, because I saw him play in Central Arkansas, and he threw 50% completion percentage and didn't really play amazing. That's why. Um, and he's also from North Dakota State, the same school Carson Wentz is from. Um, so what does that tell me? He's going to play hero ball, and he's never had any competition in his life. Um, just like how we see Carson Wentz now. He's pouting about... Uh, not being a star, he's not very mentally tough in the fact that he's never had competition in his life. Everything's really been handed to him. He went to North Dakota State, he was the man. You go to Philly, you get the keys to the franchise, you're the man. And then adversity hits, and then you turn into... I don't know what he turned into. You guys know what he turned into. That's ultimately your opinion. My opinion is he's trash, but whatever. Better than me, obviously, but... Uh, I'm an analysis breaking down stuff. Carson Wentz is an NFL quarterback who gets paid $100 million. Um, so, yeah. And now let's move on to Dwayne Haskins. Um, I still believe in the kid. He's only 23. 15th overall pick two years ago. Something like that. Um, I believe in the kid. He hasn't even, he hasn't even started 16 NFL games. And A... I love how people are, uh, people make excuses. I've seen so many excuses for Carson Wentz. Oh, well, he just really doesn't have a good coach. Oh, he really doesn't. I mean, like, Jesus. The excuses for Carson Wentz run on and on and on and on and on. You could fill up three papers of excuses for Carson Wentz. But then when it goes to Dwayne Haskins, oh, strip club, he parties too much. Okay. Whatever, sure, because you don't know anything about football, whatever. And uh, not a big guy who makes things about race, but Jesus Christ, can we look at it? Carson Wentz, a white kid from North Dakota State, and Dwayne Haskins is a black kid from Ohio State. Ultimately, why are there no excuses for Dwayne Haskins? He hasn't even started 16 games. He hasn't started a full season of football. And there ain't no excuses for the kid. It's just, it's 100% his fault. His fault, no matter what. I don't care. His fault. But the excuses for Carson Wentz are, well, he doesn't have wideouts. Well, can you, I obviously, Redskins fans will be like, Terry McLaughlin is great. Terry, Terry, Terry. 
Okay, Terry, really? Scary Terry. Uh, not, not even Terry Rozier from the NBA basketball. It's Terry McLaughlin. Who is all right. Okay, I'll give me that. He's all right. But you know who else is all right? Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Who have been hurt, but when he when they're there, he doesn't throw them. You know, Carson Wentz got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, too. So, the no weapon. People say, well, Carson Wentz doesn't have any weapons. Dwayne Haskins certainly don't have weapons if Carson don't have weapons. That's just how that works. And then then it'll be, well, when Dwayne Haskins got benched, the team played better. Okay, the Eagles. Do you know every time Carson Wentz gets benched, the team plays better? Hmm. But you know what? That's, that's not Carson's fault. That's the coach's fault. But it's Dwayne's fault over here. Okay. You know, eh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. You know, maybe. Well, then Carson doesn't have an O-line. Well, does Dwayne Haskins really have an O-line? He's gotten sacked a lot in the 13 games he started. Jesus. And I'm surprised, I'm highly surprised that Stephen A. and all these African-American news or sports analysis guys don't bring up this. Why? Why? Why don't you? You, you use excuses for everybody else in the world. You use excuses for Carson Wentz. You use excuses for Cam Newton. Now, Cam don't have any weapons either. But that don't matter because Cam can't throw the ball five yards accurately anymore. So, I don't really count that anymore. I think, I thought Cam would be all right going into the season and it hadn't turned out well. Cam's played awful. But we have excuses for Cam. Well, injuries. Cam, you know, his shoulder, his ankle. Well, Cam doesn't have any weapons. Jesus Christ, people. Excuses for a 30-plus-year-old who has used his legs his entire career. His ankles are hurt. He can't really move. His shoulders hurt, so he can't throw. We make excuses for him. Now, Cam's excuses are valid that he can't throw the football anymore. Cam's excuses are valid. He can't move as fast as he used to. Well, those aren't excuses. Those are just reality now. There's just reality that Cam can't throw and Cam can't run anymore. So that's what Cam is now. He's a mobile quarterback who's not very mobile, and he can't throw. That's what Cam is now, unfortunately. I love Cam Newton, but that's what Cam Newton is now. Dwayne Haskins is a 23-year-old kid who, A, has arm strength, can move a little bit, is a little bit immature. Or, sorry, very immature. I'll give you that. He's very immature. But you know what Urban Meyer said two years ago when this kid was on, when, was, when he was about to get drafted? He said, Dwayne has played one year of college football, people. One year of real college football. So it's going to take him at least three years to even learn the NFL game. And he's a little bit immature. That's what Urban Meyer said. Not me, just looking from the outside. That's what Urban Meyer said. Who watched him every day at Ohio State. That's what Urban Meyer said. Well, he's a little immature. He's gonna, it's going to take some time for him to be an NFL quarterback. Okay, that's what Urban Meyer said. And the Reds, well, and the Giants, they, said, they saw that and they were like, Okay, Dwayne has way more potential than Daniel Jones. But, we, we like Daniel. He's mature. He came from Duke. That's where David Cutcliffe coached. We like him. We like Daniel. We like Dwayne too, but we like Daniel more because of the maturity. That's what the Giants said. 
They picked Daniel Jones. The whole world went crazy. I went crazy because it's sure as hell Daniel Jones can't play football <laughs> at the level that Dwayne Haskins could play football, but whatever. Daniel Jones comes in. He hasn't done diddly squat in New York. You know, he's turned the ball over many times. He threw, he's thrown 20-plus picks in his two years there. And not very many touchdowns to go along with it. He, turn, he fumbles a bunch. So Daniel Jones hadn't played good either. Let's just get that out of the picture. Daniel Jones hadn't played good. But he got the keys to a franchise handed to him. He had everybody believe in him day one. That's what happened. The Giants were behind Daniel Jones. They said, we believe in you. We like you. Here are the keys to the franchise. You know what Dwayne Haskins got coming into Washington? Jay Gruden said, I didn't want to pick him. The owner likes you. I don't like you. That, that's, what, that's what happened. Keys to the franchise aren't yours. You're sitting behind Case Keenum. That's what day one was for Dwayne Haskins. Case Keenum. Has Case Keenum mentored any quarterback in throughout his career? No. <laughs> no. Do you know who the backup was for Case Keenum in Minnesota? Nobody knows because they ain't did good. Case Keenum can't mentor quarterbacks. That's fine. A lot of veteran quarterbacks can't really mentor this is how it is. And he sat behind Case Keenum, who, you know, had a solid year in Minnesota the year before, but whatever. Sat behind Case Keenum. Then he gets his chance. He throws like, he throws seven touchdowns, seven interceptions in the first season. You know, okay, he had little signs of potential. Uh, he didn't throw for over 60% completion, but whatever. He got sacked a whole bunch in those couple games that he played in right there. He got sacked a whole bunch. And after year one, it was, okay, there's potential there. We like what we see. We like what we see. Jay Groom got fired halfway through the season, too. So he had the uh, intern coach. Intern coach kind of put him in and said, do your thing, buddy. I like you. Owner's happy. And then what happens? After year one, where it's, he has potential. We know what he can do. We've seen the maturity. It's not really there, but whatever. They hire Ron Rivera. What's Ron Rivera's first thing after draft day? Well, at the number two pick, we would have taken Joe Burrow if he was there. Godly, already, the, the, your coach don't want you there. He said we would have taken Joe Burrow because Dwayne Haskins ain't it for me. That's what Ron Rivera basically said right there. I would have taken Joe because Dwayne Haskins ain't it for me. Then he brings in the quarterback he coached last year in Carolina, in Kyle Allen, who sure can't play at the same level Dwayne Haskins could play if he decided he wanted to get his act together. But whatever. You know, if you mentor the kid a little bit, Alex Smith's coming in. He's actually healthy coming into this year. Alex can, is going to be on the field with him. Alex can help the kid now. You have a good veteran quarterback in the locker room who can help the kid now. Alex wasn't there the year before because he almost got his leg amputated. So Alex is finally there. He's in the locker room now. He can help Dwayne. No, 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 no. That ain't happening. Kyle Allen's starting. Instead of Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen's going to start game one. Well, here we go. That's that's had to be Dwayne Haskins saying going into the year. Here we go again. So we go in. Kyle Allen don't play well. That's just how the. That's just how. Or no, sorry. Kyle Allen wasn't the starter. I'm sorry. I'm completely off on that. Dwayne Haskins was voted the captain and got the starting nod. Okay. 
Well, we already know Ron Rivera really don't like him because he said I would have taken Joe Burrow. So whatever. He says, okay, kid, Kyle Allen's here. He's breathing down your back. I like Kyle Allen more than you do, honestly. So here we go. You're going out there. Dwayne starts all the way through week five. He only has really one bad game in those five weeks against the Cleveland Browns, who are, who might be a playoff team, by the way, this year. He, he has one bad game against the Cleveland Browns where he throws, like, three interceptions, two touchdowns. It's whatever. It's whatever. Then the next game, he doesn't throw any interceptions, no touchdowns. They lose because the team sucks. I mean, it's, it, I mean not really. But the team's not that good. The team's not that great. And then what? The next week, Kyle Allen's going in the game. For what? Did Jordan didn't play that bad anyway going in last week in week five. His last week starting in week five. He really didn't play that well. Or he didn't play that bad, sorry. Zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. He didn't turn the ball over that week. So what went wrong for you? What changed your mind right there, Ron Rivera? It was, I don't know. I don't know what changed Ron Rivera's mind. He just said, you know, who cares? <laughs> Kyle Allen's going in. So, sure, whatever. Kyle Lang goes in the game. Dwayne, now, now this is where I think it falls apart for Dwayne Haskins. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't play bad in week five that he gets benched. This is where it has to fall apart for him. He ain't got a clue of what he did wrong, and he doesn't have a clue of how he can make it up. That's about what happened to him. Because when I used to play high school football, my last week... Starting, I mean, honestly, the guy who who started over me the next week played better than me, so that 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 ain't. I mean, I didn't turn the ball over, but my buddy played way better than me the week before, so I knew why I got benched. I knew why I wasn't the starting going into the next week. The kid played better than me. Okay, I can live with that. Dwayne Haskins, well, Dwayne Haskins don't know what he did wrong. He didn't play bad. And then Kyle Allen sure as heck didn't play well. He don't got a clue what he did wrong going into the next week. So please tell me why Ron Rivera, you benched the kid week five and shot him down completely. This is where it falls apart for Joint Haskins. Whatever. It's cool, I guess. And so... And then after that week, Kyle Allen plays. He gets injured. Alex Smith comes in. Alex Smith, good quarterback, guy who should have been starting from week one, to be honest, so he could mentor Alex, so he could mentor Dwayne Haskins. That's what should have happened, right? Nah, that ain't it. So Alex Smith comes in, plays, he gets injured again. He injured his calf late in the season, so Dwayne comes back in the game. Now, at this point, Dwayne Haskins is completely out of it because he already got benched earlier for having an all right game and getting benched. So Dwayne Haskins is completely out of it. He goes to a strip club, no mask. At this point, he don't care anymore. So, if you're a millionaire and you want to go blow off some steam, Pat McAfee was like, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> Honestly, Dwayne, I don't really care that Dwayne went to a strip club with no mask. Because whatever. I mean, it, it, it's COVID season, but Jesus Christ, I don't know what to tell you. Um... Also, uh, just just before we get into this uh, this last thing, well, it's not really the last thing, but whatever. Uh, we're going to take a little break real quick on the Haskins thing, So, because uh, I was talking about COVID season. So I had to get COVID tested two days ago. Oh, came back negative, but um, 
uh, so I didn't fly back to Oklahoma like I was planning to. Um, just FYI for people in Augusta, I guess, but whatever. Um, but ultimately I'm going to fly back pretty soon, I think. And, uh, really, I, but no, it was weird for me because I had a lot of symptoms of COVID, uh, uh, muscle aches, uh, runny nose, uh, throat hurt, um, head hurt, I had a bunch of headaches. I had a lot of symptoms of COVID, so I really thought I had COVID going in, and so, uh, so I got rapid COVID testing, they did a little swab thing where they put the swab in your nose, and you can't do, like, your nose is on fire, I guess, but whatever, that's how it felt for me, and I was like, Jesus Christ, please get it out of my nose, <laughs> um, yeah, so, I tested negative, uh, my grandma, my aunt, and my, uh, my nanny all flew back, uh, they're safe in Oklahoma, uh, so, ultimately, I'm glad they're safe, I'm glad I didn't fly back with them, because I have a lot of symptoms of COVID, and, uh, don't want to get anybody else sick, so, for yesterday, I was kind of quarantined off in my room, but for most of the day, well, all the day, basically, today, I feel a little bit better, so that's why I was able to record the podcast, um, today, um, just FYI, because I did hang out with, uh, my friend Connor, and, uh, just wanted to let everybody know that I'm fine, but anyways, the last thing I'm going to talk about Dwayne Haskins, then we'll move on to breaking down the fan vote that we had, um, Haskins in his, in his career, 16 games in his career, 12, 60.1 completion percentage, 2,804 yards, 12 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 5 lost fumbles. In his 13 starts, he's had 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Now, to put that in perspective, Carson Wentz has started 12 games this season and thrown 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 57.4 completion, and 4 lost fumbles. So what you're telling me is that Dwayne Haskins in 12 games throws more picks, Turned the ball over more than Dwayne Haskins has in his career. Whatever. I don't know what to tell you. Or in his 13th start, sorry. Whatever. And I'm just, I'm just mad. At, uh, honestly, I'm disappointed. That nobody actually wants to look into why Dwayne Haskins is acting like the way he's acting. But whatever. You, Urban Meyer told us the kid was immature. And if you bench him like you did Ron Rivera, he's probably going to act out and be act stupid. But whatever. That's just me. Obviously, I know people ain't gonna agree with me on that. So now we're in the fans vote. Um, we're in the fans vote topic. So the fans voted you, the fans. I don't know. Well, 50, 50 something percent of you voted for this. The other 43, 40 something percent. I'm sorry that you didn't get the maze album breakdown. I wanted the maze breakdown too, but whatever. So, the fan vote was Bound for Glory 2011, Hulk Hogan versus Sting. Woo! Anyways, Hulk Hogan at this point old as dirt. Sting's not as old as dirt, but he's old too. So, 2011, um, Jesus. Hulk Hogan came out to the most basic music ever. And it's just literally an NWO ripoff. It, it combined his um, Real American song with the NWO song and just didn't really mix well for me. Um, I was like to say, I actually broke this down with my boy Connor when I was hanging out with him not too long ago. 
But ultimately, we just sat there and watched the 20-minute match and didn't really take notes. And I really didn't like the way it went. So I deleted it, and I'm dead. I'm doing it like this. So sorry, Connor, if you're listening to this and uh, you don't hear You're mad that I didn't include your thing on it. <laughs> so, Hulger, yeah, Hulger came out to the most basic NWO ripoff music ever. It was just like, whatever. Um, and then Hogan comes out, right? He, he gets in the ring. He can't, he can't move, eh? Dude, literally, he's struggling to move. He looks like an 80-year-old man because he's had knee surgeries and, like, three back surgeries. So Hogan can't move, but whatever. And you get the Hogan chants everywhere. Like, Jesus, what, what is this? I'm, I'm gonna guess they're blared in because ain't nobody chanting Hogan this loud. Like, Hogan, Hogan, oh, whatever. So, I just, like, give you a little what he's, what Hulk Hogan's wearing to this match. He's wearing a white impact shirt, black blue jeans, the red bandana, and knee pads on his jeans. Red knee pads on the jeans, so whatever. On the black blue jeans. <laughs> so, uh, just a little funny fact about this match. The ref is Garrett Bischoff, who might have been the worst wrestler in TNA history. But whatever. Um, at this point, he's not a wrestler yet, so he's kind of cool with him. He's kind of cool with me. Um, I watched TNA back in 2011, and I really don't remember much about this little run that Hogan had. Um, ultimately, I don't remember because I erased it out of my memory because this was awful. But <laughs> I watched TNA in this time, and this was this was probably the most fun TNA that we had that I had growing up because it was. Basically, you took Attitude, you took WWE in the 80s and you just threw it in 2011. And, yeah, that's what you got. Um, and now, looking back at it, these sucked. I'm glad I don't remember a lot of TNA in 2011. Because this sucked, especially the old guys that came in. Uh, you had Nash, Hall, they couldn't move. Well, Nash could kind of move. But, ultimately, 2011 where we start falling off to this trash wrestling that we have now. 2010, we had the main event mafia, which is cool, but yeah. So the ref is Garrett Bischoff. He's Eric Bischoff's kid. Um, Eric Bischoff ran WCW back in the day, and he beat Raw 88 weeks in a row in the ratings wars. Congrats to him for that, but whatever. Um, so then Sting comes out. It's uh, some alright music, but whatever. Sting is wearing a Hulk Hogan shirt that says Hulk Amanian on it. If you're you know, anything about WWE, you know, Hulk Hogan runs wild. But, um, TNA definitely got sued by WWE for that. Or, yeah, they definitely got sued for WWE for that. Uh, so, Hogan, so, the match, the, the match starts. Sting comes to the ring, the match starts. Uh, the fans chant for no reason. And Hogan, so, Hogan thinks it's a boxing match because he's just throwing jabs that aren't coming anywhere near Sting. This is how this is scripted. This is a 20-minute video that I was watching, by the way. Started with entrances and everything. So we got Hogan's throwing jabs, right, that don't hit anywhere near Sting. And then he stops. He gets up. He just hangs on the ropes because he can't move, folks. And uh, Ric Flair comes out, who is also pushing 30,000 years old at this point. Old Ric Flair comes out. And somehow he is not face full red. His, his face is not red yet, and he's not sweat. And if you know anything about Ric Flair, if you watch Ric Flair any, do you know his face is always red? He's sweating for some reason, but whatever. He's not sweating or red yet, so congrats to Rick on that. He comes out, 
And this match, it's for control of TNA. And how do I remember this? Because uh, um, knowing that Hulk Hogan Sting might win on the fan vote, I've rewatched some old Impact episodes, and this, I forgot this even happened, honestly. So Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan somehow screwed Dixie Carter out of owning TNA. And somehow Hulk Hogan has control of TNA, and Sting is fighting on Dixie Carter's behalf, and Sting... If Sting wins, Dixie Carter gets back to TNA. That's basically what's happening here. So, where, where am I on these notes? Oh, yeah, Ric Flair comes out. Um, so, Sting puts him in a headlock. And, honestly, this is going to be the slowest match I've ever watched. And, so, Sting throws Hogan, gives the ropes. Hogan's shoulder blocks him in classic Hogan fashion. And he throws, he takes the bandana off. They had a... Throws on the ground, and Hogan's got a bald spot. I mean, he's pushing 80, so whatever. It doesn't matter to me. And Hogan starts flexing. He's hulking up, you know, the classic Hogan thing. And I swear, this is the biggest crowd pop I ever heard in TNA. It was amazing. All the fans go crazy for no reason. <laughs> Jesus, I have no clue why. Um, and that's the best they got the whole night, so whatever. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. And then Sting decides he's going to take off the Hulkamania shirt, because T-shirt Sting is an awful wrestler, by the way. I don't know how, but that man Sting can't wrestle with the T-shirt on. So he takes off the, he takes off the Hulk Hogan T-shirt and throws it at Ric Flair. So, okay, we're actually going to get to the wrestling part of this, or that's what I thought. No, that's, that's not what's going to happen. So, um, Sting, he throws it at Ric Flair, and then, um... Yeah, so the, they they fight a little bit. This is boring, honestly. I don't. I mean, for me, this is boring. But for you guys, you guys can yeah, you can listen to me somehow get pissed at two thousand eleven TNA. Um, that really won't change anything. So Sting gets thrown out of the rope, thrown thrown out the ring, and he goes outside. And Hulk Hogan's gonna talk to Garrett Bischoff. And well, Garrett Bischoff's not looking. I don't know why. This is the weirdest match ever. They didn't explain the rules to this thing or anything. So. Hulk Hogan throws, he takes off his jacket and throws that sting. Okay, I get what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to go in his face. It didn't go in his face. This was a botch. It's supposed to go in his face, and Ric Flair pushes, up, push him, pushes him up against the rail and starts beating in, in front of the rail and starts beating him up. It landed in Sting's chest. And whatever, it did get in his face. So it, it, it's whatever. So he still pushes him against the rail and starts chopping him in classic Ric Flair fashion. All the fans go, woo, 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 when he hits him. So cool. I get what they were trying to do here. It really didn't work. Um, so, ultimately, I think it's like... It should, I think it's a no-disqualification match, but they didn't explain the rules, so who knows. Um, so, then, after that, Ric Flair decides he wants the low-blow stick. So, if you don't know what the low-blow is, then I don't know what to tell you. That's, that's kind of your fault. Um, so, then... Flair low blow sting, and then by this time Hogan's slowly making his way out of the ring. So Hogan walks himself over here, low blow sting at two, because why not? It's TNA, brother. And so, right in front of Dixie Carter, by the way. Dixie Carter's like in the first row, but I don't know why. And some dude's next to her. I didn't care about TNA that much, so listen to who that guy was. But TNA, <laughs> sorry, not TNA. Um, Sting gets low blowed again, and the fans go crazy, I don't know why. Um, 
And then he throws him against a different part of the railing. And then he decides he wants to... Hogan decides he wants to bite Steak. Which really doesn't happen. So he's not really biting him. He just has his face... Has his face right on Sting's face. On his skull. So Hogan can get like a 10 second break. Because Hogan can't move. Which I've said 3,000 times during this. I just like to keep reiterating Hogan can't move. So, or it's a struggle for him to move. He can move a little bit, I guess. But, whatever. So, Hogan bites Sting. Er, sorry, bites in quotation marks. But, <laughs> Hulk Hogan makes his way over Ric Flair. He can't move. Ric Flair kind of moves. So, he, he kind of walks toward Hogan. And he hands him something. It's like this. I don't even know what it is. It looks... It looks like a piece of bread, to be honest, but it ain't no piece of bread because it doesn't fall apart. I don't know what this is. They didn't even tell us what it is. So Jeremy Morash just said, ah, it's a spike, which obviously isn't true because it ain't no spike. And Taz is just like, what the hell did you say? And yeah, that's basically what happened there. So Hogan gets the spike in quotation marks and hits Sting with it twice. Sting gets busted open. He's bleeding everywhere. That's great. Um, I think Sting's kind of, Sting's bleeding's kind of fake because he can cut himself open without anybody seeing him. <laughs> so, yeah. Hogan got a spike and is hitting Sting and I wrote, this is Russo booking, LOL, because if you don't know who Vince Russo is, please go back and watch, listen to my WWE WCW thing and you will know exactly how I feel about Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff. This is awful. I'm surprised those chants didn't start. This is awful, but whatever. Um, yeah, Vince Russo was booking TNA at this time, too, so I don't know what happened. <laughs> so I, I stopped taking notes at this point because I have respect for Hulk Hogan and Sting because this is awful. And so Sting wins with the Scorpion Deathlock. Okay, and by the way, Hogan tapped out like four freaking times, but Gary Bischoff's just standing there like, well... Okay, match. So, Hogan taps, and then Immortal comes out. And Immortal's, like, this faction. Immortal's this group that Hulk Hogan's running. It's kind of the New World Order, but just a rip-off of the New World Order. Without Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, because at this point, Scott Hall's out of TNA again because of drug problems and alcohol problems. So that's cool. Uh, uh, Scott Hall's actually a lot better now because he's doing that DDP yoga, but whatever. Um, Immortal comes out. It's Bully Ray, Gunner, and Eric Bischoff. All of them come out, right? I see them come out from the ramp. And then they pan to the ring, and then Scott Steiner's just somehow in the ring. And I wrote down, how the hell did Scott Steiner get in the ring? Because he didn't come down to the, the rampway. I saw the gray hair. Scott Steiner's hair, by the way, is like bleach gray for some stupid reason whatever scott i don't know what he was thinking during this time it's like bleach gray he's wearing he's wearing a baseball hat too so whatever so i see the the gray hair and i assume it's got started no it's eric bishop coming down the ring and then they pan to the ring and scott starts just in the ring so whatever Scott Steiner also can't hang on to the chair so every time he hits somebody oh they come out with chairs by the way too so yeah they come out with chairs Every time Scott Steiner hits Sting with the chair, it falls out of his hand. He just hits him and falls. Whatever. Um, finally, this is almost over. <laughs> Hogan, uh, Sting crawls over to Hogan. He's like, Hogan, help me, help me, help me. 
and Hogan gets up. He starts looking around the fans, chanting Hogan, 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 like the loudest thing ever. And uh, he decides he wants to help Sting. So he beat, beats up in quotation marks. He one punches everybody on the ground. And uh, yeah, that's, been, that's the end of this match. I don't know what to tell you. This was the worst match. One of the worst matches I've ever watched. And it's sad to see that Hogan, a great wrestler, is in at least two of the five worst matches I've ever watched. And two of them, so far, that I've actually paid attention to and watched. The other one with Hogan is um, when the, ult- the Ultimate Warrior, as he was known in WWE, just called Warrior now in WCW, he comes into WCW and fights Hulk Hogan. That's one of the worst matches I've ever seen, too. We can break down that if you guys want me to, but I'd rather not. Um, I don't want to spend 20 minutes watching that again. So, I've almost seared that in my memory. So that's how that match ends. And i just like to remind you, this was on a pay-per-view. So, I, I don't know, most of you guys don't even know what TNA is at this point. But, um, TNA is a wrestling company. Didn't know. I just broke down a wrestling match, so if you didn't know, then you obviously didn't pay attention and skipped ahead, so congrats to you if you did that, you kind of succeeded in that fashion. But, um, DNA's a little wrestling company that they got over there, total non-stop action, and then it got changed to Impact, because, uh, yeah, who knows why. Um, so, Jesus, Bound for Glory is a pay-per-view in TNA, and... So, you had to buy a pay-per-view to watch this awful match. Now, lucky for me, it's on Impact's YouTube channel for free now. So, you had to buy a pay-per-view to watch this god-awful match. Yeah, thanks, TNA. You're legends in that regard. I do like TNA for that one reason. If you got some crappy matches, they don't make you buy Impact Plus to watch them. They'll, they'll give you those crappy matches from 2011 for free. And they also got Hulk Hogan's debut for free on there, too. So, yes, that shows, that shows all right. It's pretty bad, though. Honestly, it's pretty bad. So, <laughs> no, I'm tired. But anyways, if you guys want me to watch Hulk Hogan's debut in Impact Wrestling, depending on how well you like this episode of me watching Hulk Hogan's debut, <laughs> one of his only matches in TNA, thankfully. Um, fingers crossed on that one, because Hulk Hogan's still alive. TNA could sign him, sign him again. Um, so, Legends Raw is coming back. I know I'm going to watch that, and I'll break it down. Uh, Legends Raw is kind of lit, I guess. They said Hogan's coming back, so let's just continue on the Hogan trend. Carlito, Caribbean Cool, is coming back, too. I think Carlito's amazing, but whatever. That's just me. Um... So thank you for listening to Three Ball Podcast. Um, fan vote next week. Uh, you guys should. You guys can leave suggestions on what the next fan vote should be, and that'll probably help me out a little bit. Unless you guys want to see some Nick, not really. But uh, thank you for listening to Three Ball Podcast. Stay safe. Peace out.